In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Palm Sunday is kind of a mess. And it's going to take all week for it to be sorted out. It's a mess in spite of how it seems. Easter is so near, and the great crowd of pilgrims are hailing Jesus as the Messiah, the King of Israel. It's a mess in spite of all the kids with palms and the joyful shouts of Hosanna and Zechariah's Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. It's a mess even though Jesus just raised Lazarus from the tomb and the whole world seems to be following him. Palm Sunday is a mess because although everything seems to be in order, prophecy is being fulfilled, and David's son is finally returning to his throne, there's one big inescapable truth that no one but Jesus really understands. No one really understands that the king returning to Jerusalem in glory is going to be like a grain of wheat falling into the ground and dying. In many ways, Palm Sunday is a picture of the Christian life. Our lives can be a mess. The glory of the resurrection is so near, but it's not here yet. And while we wait in hope and in faith, and though we've waited so long already, we find ourselves looking ahead into a future that involves Maundy Thursday and Good Friday before Easter. Our lives can be a mess because it's so hard for us to understand how we can taste the resurrection every week here at this altar and still suffer and sin and die. Palm Sunday is a mess because it's so hard for us to understand how the glory of Christ can be found in a lifeless body on a cross. The way we arrive at Palm Sunday, on the far side of Lent, on the verge of the Paschal Feast, it's much like the way the people of Israel stood at the edge of the Promised Land. When the people of Israel sinned in the wilderness, God disciplined them with 40 years of wandering and waiting and fasting. And in the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, in the the very last days of their fast, with the promised land ever so near, God gathered all the people together and Moses spoke to them. And he reminded them of where they've been and what they had done and what God had commanded them. But most importantly, Moses reminded them that it was God who had led them on this pilgrimage. Moses said, The Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. This is where we stand today on Palm Sunday. Our pilgrimage is nearly over. We're at the gates of Jerusalem. Our 40 days of wandering in the wilderness are almost spent. 
our 40 days of waiting for the Alleluia to return are nearly past. We've hungered and we've been tested. We've disciplined ourselves and we've been disciplined by God. And the resurrection day is so near, the promised land, the good land that God is giving us. But we're not there yet. And our lives are a mess. And so, in many ways, Palm Sunday is a picture of the Christian life. You may not realize this, but we actually celebrate Palm Sunday every Sunday. Every divine service, we have a little Palm Sunday. It happens just before the Eucharist, after we join with the angels and the archangels and all the company of heaven in singing the Sanctus. Holy, 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 Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Just then, just for a moment, we're transported to Palm Sunday, to the gates of Jerusalem where Jesus is arriving on a donkey, and we sing with that mess of a pilgrim crowd, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. We do that, we join in that song because... Although those pilgrims may not have known how he was going to do it, and although we struggle to understand it, when we sing Hosanna, when we sing God save us, he does. Before Israel entered the promised land, God renewed his covenant with them, the covenant that he had made so long ago with their fathers, a covenant of blood and sacrifice. And it had to be so. Before they could enter the promised land, God had to reckon with their betrayal and their unfaithfulness. And this is where we stand on Palm Sunday. Our pilgrimage is nearly over, but before we reach Easter, there must be a new covenant of blood and sacrifice. But in spite of a future that involves suffering and sin and death, we wait and hope in faith because Jesus has made an eternal, unbreakable covenant of blood and sacrifice, which means life for us. And so we would never stop today at Palm Sunday. To stop at Palm Sunday would be like stopping the divine service at the Sanctus, stopping at the Hosannas, and never hearing on the night in which he was betrayed. It's when we get there that we start to hear the answer to our Hosanna, the answer to our God save us. And it's nothing other than the body and blood which hung on the cross, now living and saving us from this altar. Palm Sunday is kind of a mess, but it works for us because our lives are a mess and Jesus deals in messes. So come back this week and see how Jesus sorts it out with his blood and sacrifice and death. And wait patiently for the resurrection. Wait patiently for the promised land. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. 
and you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.